On today's Star Wars The Hyrule podcast, I go into issue number two of the Marvel Star Wars line, I rewatch a few minutes of The Empire Strikes Back, and I report on some more information regarding the High Republic era. Okay, so on the previous uh, edition of the podcast, I jumped into the first issue of the new Marvel Star Wars line. This line began at the beginning of the year. Um, It picked up basically where the previous line left off. That line had run for several years and concluded in December. Uh, That brought us between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And this new line picked up basically within the last couple scenes of The Empire Strikes Back. Now, on the last edition of the podcast, I really delved into why that made sense. Um, At the end of Empire Strikes Back, we see the team already splitting up with Lando and Chewie departing, leaving Luke and Leia behind. Um, And it makes sense that they wouldn't have wanted to start out the new series with the team already separated. So the first issue really looks at the team together and the events that happen between uh, them escaping Cloud City and that last scene where we see them splitting up. Now, when I read through issue number two, I was immediately confused as to whether this was picking up at the end of the movie or whether we were still in between those scenes. And if you listen to the last issue um, of the podcast, you know that I was wondering that, um, you know, I am reading these right before I record each podcast, even though, you know, some of these are a couple months or at least a couple weeks old now, I'm getting caught up. Um, I'm at home working from home um, during the whole uh, coronavirus thing. So I'm getting caught up on my reading and I'm recording these as I listen to them. Um, so, you know, the answer is already out there to some of my questions, but I'm <laughs> recording um, as I'm reading them so that you can do the same and read along if you'd like. And, you know, last uh, episode, I was kind of wondering, are they going to have a whole bunch of events that happen between these last two scenes or, you know, they already cover that and honestly I read through the comic and I still didn't understand it because you know the last scene of Empire Strikes Back to me is really iconic Um, you know we see Luke getting his new hand and then we see um, Luke and Leia basically looking out the window you know um, Lando and Chewie have just left and they say you know we'll meet you at the rendezvous point so presumably it really seemed like that was the last time they were going to see each other and like they had a plan And the only thing left to do was to go set the plan into motion and have Luke and Leia um, come out when it was time. And so, you know, reading through this comic, it was really unclear to me because, you know, at the beginning of the comic, they're still all together. Luke still doesn't have his hand. Um, And then, you know, they basically say goodbye to Lando and Chewie. Lando and Chewie are going out to investigate where Boba Fett is. Um, And, you know, if he's already arrived to Tatooine, if he's already delivered Han, you know, Lando thinks it's going to be a lot harder to rescue Han if uh, he's already been taken by Jabba and they have to get him out of the palace. And so he's hoping that they can intercept him before Boba brings him to Jabba the Hutt. Now, why Boba Fett would have made a detour en route to Jabba the Hutt, I have no idea, but I guess we'll figure that out as the series progresses. Anyway, um, we see them kind of making this plan and walking away. And, uh, you know, it's it's certainly doesn't seem like the end of the movie where, you know, it sounds like they already have a plan and they're, they have a, you know, they're getting ready to meet up. I mean, they do say in the comic, you know, if, uh, we find something, we can come meet up with you, but it's, it's very, it's much more unclear in the comic than it appears in the movie. The other thing is that I really expected in the comic to see kind of, you know, the iconic, uh, 
where you know moment where Luke receives the new hand and also where they are standing in front of the window saying goodbye to Lando and Chewie and we don't get that which is a little bit disappointing I mean I get that they want to show something new from the comic and that's great but also I feel like we could see those moments um, from a different angle from a different moment in time a different point of view um, and you know appreciate them whereas skipping over it was surprising which is why the first time I read through the comic I really thought that all of this was before that happened um, I I I couldn't believe that they would have skipped over all of that. But when I went back and I looked at it again, I also went and and watched the last couple minutes of The Empire Strikes Back. I even looked to see if Lando's clothes um, from the end of The uh, Empire Strikes Back match the clothes that he's wearing in the comic, and they do. At the start of the comic, he's wearing the same outfit that he has on um, while he is, you know, Baron Administrator of Cloud City. And then once he's in the ship and he's flying away with Chewie, he's wearing the same outfit that, you know, is basically Han's uh, outfit that he has on in that last scene. So, um, you know, it... it after rewatching and kind of looking at how it was put together, I realized, okay, this does seem to, um, to line up to the end of the movie. So it's very weird to me that they would have skipped over that, but I can, I can forgive that. Um, that's, that's a forgivable offense. Anyway, um, before I get more into, um, Lando and Chewie's little adventure, there was one really interesting thing in here that, um, relates very directly to the High Republic, uh, era. And this is something that, um, had kind of come out, you know, during the time when the, when the High Republic rumor was being floated and then when it was actually announced that that was what Lucasfilm had planned, you know, this little page of the comic got, um, got put out and, you know, shared on social media. But for me, it was great now, starting at the beginning, reading the series, to see the context of it. So basically, you know, the the fleet has been scattered. They intentionally scattered after Hoth. And now their plans to come back together are foiled because the Empire has cracked their codes. So if they try to communicate with the other um, parts of the fleet, even just to warn them, the Empire will know where where both the sender and the receiver of that message are. Um, as well as what the content of the message is. So right now they're kind of, you know, pulled apart. And so Leia poses to the the group of rebels assembled in this cell, you know, should we wait and hope that Mon Mothma figures it out and calls for us, or should we go out and try to, you know, find the other parts of the fleet and um, and bring them together if there are even any other survivors? Um, and so, you know, the group not surprisingly decides, let's take action. You know, we didn't become rebels to sit around and wait. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to jump into things. And this is where we see the character, um, Dev, I believe is his name, um, Commander Grek. Um, we see him talking about the days of the High Republic, and he says that in those days, the galaxy wasn't as settled as it is now. Areas like the Outer Rim were dangerous and hard to navigate. So people of that time built a huge space station at great effort and expense and placed it in the center of the Dark Zones. Now, this uh, this st uh, station, which we know as um, Starlight, um, sent a signal and basically you know made it possible to navigate um, the, um, the Outer Rim. Now, it's very interesting because, you know, we've seen so much of the Outer Rim in Star Wars, and um, I think, you know, I was personally hoping we would get, you know, deeper into the unknown, um, into the unknown regions or, you know, maybe wild space, um, something w with, with the uh, High Republic era, and I'm still hoping that's the case. 
but it definitely seems like even the Outer Rim is going to be kind of unexplored um, territory. And that definitely, you know, paints the, the movies in a little bit of a new light when you think about how old this galaxy and this civilization is, um, and then you think about the fact that it's only been 200 years ago when an outer rim planet like Tatooine was, you know, like hard to navigate and get any um, trade to, presumably, if this is the case, you know, it, it helps to explain why Luke would have felt so isolated. It also makes sense why criminals like Jabba the Hutt would be hiding out on Tatooine and have a base there, because, you know, that would have been an area that would have been really difficult to pass to, um, you know, from, for example, um, High Republic uh, vessels or, you know, whatever the their version of peacekeeping or uh, policing forces were. So um, this little, um, you know, speech that he gives here um, that we hear from Commander Grek is um, very interesting and fits right into that. Now, interestingly, you know, we know that that Starlight has some kind of a dark uh, history and that that's what the High Republic series is going to be all about. It's going to be about the Nile, this new, um, you know, group of, um, of enemies of the Jedi. Uh, they're doing something to disrupt this station uh, and disrupt hyperspace travel in the process. You know, that's that's about all that we know about it right now. Um, so, you know, there there's presumably some kind of, um, you know, trauma that the people of this time experience with respect to this station. But um, for Commander Grek, you know, he's really focusing on the positive aspect. He's saying that, you know, this station gave hope to people, it was inspiring, and now, you know, we're going to do the same thing. So he um, is calling their operation to bring the rebellion back to together Operation Starlight. So that was a cool, um, you know, connection to the High Republic era. And like I said, I had already read this little, um, you know, quotation uh, when the High Republic series was confirmed, but I didn't know the context of like what the Rebellion was doing and why they were talking about it here. So now having started this series, it makes a lot more sense. Um, and it also makes me kind of wonder, you know, they had these Easter eggs in even before they announced the High Republic series. So I'm wondering what else might we learn in the next couple months before the first materials officially launch over the summer? You know, could upcoming additions um, of the uh, main Star Wars line or other Star Wars lines, maybe the new Afra series that is coming out um, actually this week, you know, maybe we'll see um, more High Republic stuff kind of floated in between then and now. So anyway, that's kind of where the Rebellion's at in this. Um, when when I come back after a quick break, I'm going to talk about um, uh, Lando and Chewie's little adventure and Lando's reunion with Luke when he returns um, pretty promptly to the fleet. So the other part of the story that we get here, really the main part of the story in issue number two is uh, Lando and Chewie traveling um, back to Tatooine to investigate what's going on with, uh, with Han and to see if Boba Fett has already brought him in to Jabba the Hutt. Now, as I mentioned, Boba Fett has not brought him in yet, and I don't know why he would not have done that right away. Jabba does not seem like the type of being that you uh, keep waiting for anything, but again, I'm sure we'll get that explained as the series continues. Um, but we see Lando and Chewie heading back, and as they are um, approaching Tatooine, they get a 
uh, first of all, approached by the Empire, um, and then um, by a group of Weequay who are, um, you know, kind of space pirates, um, basically. Um, so, you know, both the Empire and the Weequay are after them because they recognize the Millennium Falcon, which is like a classic error, uh, era and, um, sorry, error in the Star Wars uh movies books comics like they're always bringing the ship around uh even though it's so recognizable and of course you know the fans wouldn't have it any other way we need to see our millennium falcon but it's like you know why would lando have taken this ship of all the ships that he could have taken so they uh they they immediately get um you know, kind of rescued by the Weequay because the Weequay destroy the the TIE fighters um, and the Weequay end up being more, um, you know, open to negotiation. So Lando convinces them, hey, I'm not Han Solo. You know, you're you're you got the wrong guy. Um, you know, this isn't um, the person that you were looking for who you thought would be in the Falcon. Um, but I uh, can make a deal with you. And basically he offers um, to give them a cut of a deal that he's supposedly there to, to break with Jabba. So he just kind of makes up this story, you know, on the spot and says that he is going to make a deal with Jabba to sell him to Bonagas. And if they, um, if the pirates don't kill him and instead they bring him in, um, then he will uh, give them a cut of the profits. So they agree to that. And they continue on to Jabba's palace where Lando, you know, spends some free time waiting for his audience with the great and mighty Jabba. Um, uses his time to go ask around if anyone's seen Boba Fett, you know, put out some feelers, and then Jabba's ready to see him. Unfortunately for Lando, Jabba already knows that Lando has lost Cloud City and has no access whatsoever to Tabana Gas. So um, he kind of calls his bluff and says, I'm going to take the Falcon since, you know, the owner owes me a lot of money, and I'm going to throw you into the Rancor pit. But as always, Lando is able to talk him uh, his way out of the situation and to save himself by saying um, that first of all, he can tell Jabba who has Han Solo, and secondly, he can you know kind of act as a conduit of information between the rebellion and Jabba. So Lando, um, having made that deal and having told Jabba that it is Boba Fett who has Han Solo. Um, Actually, I think we have to kind of assume that because he says, I can tell you exactly who has him, but we don't know, um, we don't see him saying it was Boba Fett, so maybe he lied, and maybe he told him that someone else has uh, has Han Solo, which would kind of make sense. Um, but anyway, um, we also see him kind of offering to, you know, to serve as a conduit of information. Um then we see them flying back, and Lando says, why don't you just drop me off somewhere else? Don't bring me back to the Rebellion. I'm not really wanted there. I don't have anything to offer. You know, j just drop me off somewhere else, and I'll, I'll make my way. But Chewie decides to bring him back. And so upon his arrival, Lando goes to talk to Luke um, and basically, you know, can see through Luke's uh, false um, projection that everything's okay and can see that something is troubling him. And he actually says something which I thought was interesting. He says, you and the Force ain't on friendly terms right now. And that to me just made me really think about um, Luke's place in The Last Jedi. And, you know, kind of made me think maybe Luke will have some similar feelings here in this Marvel series. And maybe this series will even um, kind of give a little bit more um, you know, clarity or credence to when we see Luke in The Last Jedi, um, you know, feeling so 
disillusioned with the Jedi, but also, you know, not wanting to be connected to the Force, maybe he goes through a similar struggle here, um, you know, in this kind of dark period in his life. And hearing Lando say this to him really made me think that, that you know, maybe that's the case, because I immediately thought of Last Jedi when I read Lando saying those words. Anyway, Lando um, offers to Luke to um, go back to Cloud City, which Lando wants to do for his own personal reasons, which I guess we'll figure out in the next issue. Um, But he says that if Luke comes with him, he can help Luke to get his lightsaber back. And Lando knows how rare those are. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, I haven't read the next issue yet. I'm waiting (laughs) to be surprised and then share my reaction on the next podcast. But... We know that it is Maz who eventually has that lightsaber. She has it in her castle. It calls to Rey and thus begins Rey's, you know, journey in the Force. So I don't know if Luke is going to get it back um, or not, um, but we know one way or another he ends up losing it. Um, You know, he doesn't end up in possession of it because it's Maz that has had the lightsaber for a number of years when the sequel trilogy um, kicks off. The end of this um, issue is definitely, uh, you know, something to kind of leave us wondering. We see um, an image that Luke, you know, is kind of uh, seeing as a vision of as his hand is falling in Cloud City, someone actually catching uh, his lightsaber. And this, this being calls to him and says, Skywalker, follow your destiny. And the last page is an awesome shot of what appears to be a Jedi robe, but no visible face or head underneath of it, um, holding out uh, Luke's lightsaber in front. So um, I'm definitely really excited to pick up the next issue, read that, and report out on how it goes. This was a great, um, you know, kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? like a um, tease for the next uh, issue. Definitely not what I was expecting. Um, I don't think any of us expected to see someone uh, reaching out and grabbing the lightsaber as it fell, um, even if it is a vision. So that's cool. Um, Something unexpected. um, And I'm excited to see how that plays out. So I'm going to take a quick break and then share a few of my final thoughts on this issue. So apart from, as I mentioned, being um, a little bit confusing in terms of how it lays out the timeline with respect to The Empire Strikes Back, and, um, you know, me being a little disappointed with them skipping over, you know, some um, hint of the scenes of Luke getting his hand reattached and uh, Luke and Leia watching out the window um, at the fleet, Aside from those little complaints, I thought that this was a good issue. I think it does a lot to set up the pacing for the rest of the series because here we see um, Chewie, you know, in particular, is still very cold with Lando. Um, you know, he he tells Lando flat out. Lando says um, when he's talking to Chewie and says, you know, why don't you just drop me off somewhere? I have friends everywhere. I'll make it on my own. And Chewie says, you don't have any friends here. Um, so we see that you know they have not forgiven Lando yet. They have not earned his trust. Lando certainly is not committed to the cause of the rebellion. Um, we don't know how tempted he'll be to betray them. You know, he certainly kind of set that up with Jabba that maybe he was going to feed secrets to Jabba. Um, feed secrets, no, no pun intended with feeding Jabba. Um, so we don't really know, and I think that's great. I, I would have been disappointed to see, 
you know, everyone just kind of hunky-dory at the beginning of the series. Everyone, you know, um, totally cool with Lando and what happened, and Lando totally committed to the Rebellion. I think the end of Empire Strikes Back, because it happened so fast, you know, we kind of get that sense that everything's okay and they're all on the same team now, which to end that movie makes sense because it was such a dark movie that it needed to have that positive ending to, you know, lead us on and give us a little bit of hope going into the last chapter of the original trilogy. But for the purposes of the comic, I think it's much more interesting that they're going to slow walk that where we're going to see Lando's character development, him presumably becoming committed to this cause, and the others learning to trust him. Because we know that by the time um, that The Return of the Jedi kicks off, they have trusted him. They've put a lot of faith in him. Um, you know, they've, they've put their best friend Han's life in his hands by letting Lando really be the one to kick off this rescue mission. So I'm excited that we're going to get to see that journey. I'm also excited that we're going to get to see a lot more of Luke's journey and his struggle. Um, you know, I, I think that um, we see so much of Luke as this optimistic figure in the films that it was a shock to people to see him in The Last Jedi be so disillusioned. And I think that it's good to add more complexity to that character. I wasn't a huge fan of, of The Last Jedi, you know, and and I'm not going to, you know, defend or, um, or, you know, belittle the decisions that they made about his character in that movie. So I'm not saying it as praise, but I do think that, um, you know, Luke is a great character um, and has nuance to him, but he's definitely kind of the action figure hero of the series. You know, Han is kind of the the reluctant hero. Luke is really the the you know the classic hero. And if he was just this kind of you know action figure version um, of a hero without any darkness to him, um, it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. And so I think it's good that they're going to explore more of that and maybe show his doubt, show his fear, um, show him, you know, grappling with the truth about Vader being his father and showing him, um, as, as Lando says, not being on good terms with the Force. I'm excited to see where that goes, and I'm also very intrigued to see um, who this person is who is there uh, catching Luke's lightsaber, at least in a vision, as it seems to be plummeting to the bottom of Cloud City. I also think that it's really cool that they're going back to Cloud City. Um, I have issue uh, three here with me, and the cover is really cool. You know, it's it says right on it, return to Cloud City um, on the cover, uh, kind of like, I don't know, in a, like an old school... Um, you know, uh, cartoon kind of um, style of writing. It kind of has an art deco look to it that reminds me of the the prequels. Um, so I think that, uh, that, you know, this series is going to keep on getting better. And I'm really excited to continue to read it and share my thoughts with you along the way. So thanks for listening. Um, I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already. And I will be back with another edition on Monday. I will either be covering the next issue of this, or if the first issue of the new Afro line comes in, I may uh, report on that first. I'm really not sure with with everything that's going on in the U.S. right now, and with um, you know a lot of uh, distribution centers being closed and problems with the mail. I don't know if this comic is going to arrive on time or not. It was supposed to come out yesterday. It hasn't come out to my mailbox yet, so we'll see. But luckily, um, I do have the other um, next issue of the main Star Wars Marvel line to cover if Afro does not arrive in my mailbox between now and then. Anyway, thanks for listening and tune in next time.